Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Well, we have with us today, Rachel Murphy. Welcome, Rachel, to Earrings Off. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel and her husband worked to pay off $50,000 in debt. At that time, they made $30,000 per year. They didn't want their kids to struggle financially like them, so they resolved to teach them a better way. Rachel and her husband have a podcast called Raising Confident Teens, the podcast. Rachel's profile states that as a result of the practical lessons both she and her husband share, teens can be informed and avoid money pitfalls, understand financial boundaries, and have less stress and gain power to build wealth. Rachel wrote the book, I am not your ATM. I think that will probably resonate with a lot of parents. I'm not your ATM. And the book can be found on her website at rachelmurphycoaching.com. So again, Rachel, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. This is certainly a topic we are very interested in here at Earrings Off. So now, um, Rachel, I'm not a teen by any stretch of the imagination, but I can tell you we are all ears and uh, very much, again, looking forward to today's conversation. So we're going to jump right in. Why don't families talk about money? That is a great question. Uh, I feel like there's so many parts to this problem. You know, It's different reasons for different people, maybe. We feel like we talk about money too much that will encourage them to be materialistic or we feel inadequate teaching them because we really don't know what to do ourselves. You know, in our parents' generation, when they were growing up, there were no credit cards. Mm -hmm. And if you spent all your money, you were done, right? So the boundaries were clear. It wasn't as important to teach your kids because natural consequences would teach them, right? Right. Um, and since so along came our generation and things changed and credit became more common. When I was in college, the credit card companies, they would camp out on the campus. They'd have tables set out. Right. Yeah. And they'd give you a free T-shirt or a pizza if you signed up for a card. And yeah. college students, free food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm signing yeah. up. Right. Yeah. And so many people got themselves in a financial mess in exchange for a free pizza. Yeah. And yeah. our parents had never navigated easy credit and they didn't know the importance of teaching us. You know, there's no no uh, judgment on them because they didn't know that right. they were supposed to be teaching us that. I mean, they didn't know how to teach us about that. Right. And so now we have a generation of people who a lot of them were raised just having to figure it out themselves. And they know it's important, but they don't know how to teach it. Or they feel like I've messed up my own finances. Who am I to be teaching this? Right, right. Yeah. So why is it so important for us to teach this to our teens now instead of just, you know, letting them figure it out on their own? 
because you can get yourself into a whole lot of hot water <laughs> really quick yeah. <laughs> and yeah. have to spend years recovering from a mistake like that. Yeah. You know, this is one of the most important skills that you can teach them because they're going to have to handle money no matter what they do in life. It doesn't matter who they marry, what job they have, where they live, you know, unless they're going to be a hermit or a monk or something, they're going to have to be handling money. And, you know, the whole Russian Ukraine conflict is on the forefront of Mm -hmm. our minds right now. Mm -hmm. And some of those guys fighting are teenagers. Yes. If we knew our kids were going to have to fight in a battle, would we be saying, good luck, you'll figure it out? Or would right. we be like, let's yeah. do some training. This is a gun. Let's practice yeah. loading it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's money minefields out there that they need to be prepared to handle. Um, Everfi did a survey in 2019 of 30,000 college students and only 53% of them said they felt prepared to manage money. Hmm. The average credit um, card debt for college students is over a thousand and the average college graduate graduates with over 2,300 in credit card debt, plus about $30,000 in student loans. Mm -hmm. And if we don't teach them, where are they going to learn? Because do you, I mean, do you really think a teen is going to ask their friends or their professors, um, Hey, can you help me with a budget? No, that's not cool. They're just going to fake it and pretend like they know what they're doing. And, and even if they do ask, you know, because the statistics, what are the chances they're going to get good advice? Right, right, right. Right now, 60% or more of people can't come up with $1,000 for an emergency. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen that with the COVID. Right, um, right. You know, so many people are struggling. Yeah. And money problems are a leading cause of divorce. Of course. And, yeah. And I want my kids to have strong marriages. You know, I don't want my grandkids to have to deal with parents who are fighting about money. Right. And then, you know, getting divorced. So do it for your future grandkids. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a good reason to do it. Right. I yeah. agree. Now, but Rachel, I just want to ask, though, when you talk about paying off $50,000 in debt on the salary that you and your husband had at that time, I mean, what made you even believe that was possible? Because to see that kind of figure, a lot of people just throw up their hands like, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, A little bit crazy. (laughs) You know, when we were going through all of that, because we had a business, that's how we got all the debt. We weren't out like, you know, living the good life and Uh running up 50,000 in debt. We had a business um, and it just struggled the whole time we had Uh it. And then uh, we, my husband had a computer degree. Mm-hmm. So we moved out to California and this was the whole dot-com crash, uh-huh. mm-hmm. a horrible time to be in, in computers. Right. And so in, within a nine month period, we went through three layoffs. Mm. We lost a baby. We had to move oh. cross country oh. twice, you know, and we were driving home the September 11th, mm-hmm. two, um, 2001. We were driving home. Oh my goodness, Rachel, really? From that last layoff, um, we were totally, you know, depleted emotionally. Yeah. uh, Like everyone else, you know, and it felt like the world was falling down all around us in more ways than one. It was like a science fiction movie, almost, Mm -hmm. you know, no one's talking, the roads are, you know, it was just. But before that period, we had come to the 
you know where you, you go to come to these points in your life where you just put, draw a line in the sand and like no more yeah <laughs> i'm going to do this and sometimes it's just you if once you make the decision things will work out for you yeah you just have to get to the point where you're going to make the decision and for for weeks and weeks we went round and round about should we declare bankruptcy everyone was telling us to declare bankruptcy because it didn't look like it was possible to dig out of that yeah so i have no judgment for people that declare bankruptcy because i can remember how hopeless it felt yeah and my husband had made an appointment to see the attorney but we have an agreement I don't even know that it was even a spoken agreement back then, but if one of us didn't feel right about something, we don't do it. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I said, I just, I feel like we're supposed to pay this off. And so he canceled that appointment and we, and and once we made that real decision, we didn't look back. We just said, we're going to find a way, whatever it took. And we did a lot of stuff that we sold everything we could. We drove $1,500 cars. We ate a lot of ramen noodles so it can be done, but it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. But I feel like. And, and, you know, that's the thing, because um, what you just said, there's no judgment, but you felt like this is something we need to pay off. And a lot of times people, it, it's a, it's hard to do that. And yeah. it's a, there's a lot of sacrifice involved and. You know, this this culture that we're in, we're constantly bombarded with the next best thing. And we think we got to have it right then. And uh, so it just makes it very hard to be disciplined. But that's when you sort of like you say, you have to just draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? This is maybe what they're selling, but I'm not buying it. And I'm not I'm not going to succumb to that temptation to, um, you know, to just continue to, to add to the problem when I know there's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it became a, you know, we had gone through so much failure in that period. Like we, our business failed. We kept having all these job losses, you know, we felt like failures and just being able to say, we paid that off. It was like, you know, we did something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very, very impressive. So, yeah. Go, going back to the teens, what if as a parent, they have some inadequacies and feel inadequate about teaching their teens about money? What advice do you have for them? I get that. I, I totally get that. But let's think about parenting. Mm-hmm. Were you like me and they handed you a new baby and you're, oh, my word, I have no clue what to do. <laughs> You know, this is a real life human they've just given me and I've got to keep it alive. I mean, even if you've babysat or done other stuff like that, it's different when it's your kid. Right. Um, But what do we do? We figure it out. Right. It's in those hardest moments where we grow the most. You know, you become a less selfish person, your capacity to love and get things done and to survive with less sleep. Mm-hmm. you know, that grew. Why? Because it was important to that little person that they needed you. No one else was going to care about them the way you care about them. So if they were sick, you wanted to take care of them. If they struggled in school, you sat with them to figure out, you know, this is how we pronounce the words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you advocated for them. You may have never done any of that stuff before, but you did it. 
right? Because it was important for their future. Money skills are like that, but with one difference. The problem is they're important, but they're not urgent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of kick the can down the road. But if you want your kids to not come back and live on your couch, you know, you kind of need to make it a priority. And I'm not expecting, you know, when I say this is important, you need to do it. I'm not expecting you to be like teaching advanced investing or crypto, you know, Mm -hmm. just start with something basic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Money skills are actually not that hard. They say it's 20% skills and 80% behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you can tell your kids know, kids know how you have or haven't done with money. And you can be honest with them. You don't have to tell them how much you make. You don't have to go into any of that stuff. But you can say, you know, mom hasn't done that great with money in the past. But I want to change that. I want to help you do better than I did. Let's learn together, you know. Let's get some books or listen to, there's so many podcasts nowadays. Right. Yeah. Don't let that be an excuse that you feel inadequate to keep you from doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good advice. You're very good. So Rachel, what are one or two easy things that parents can start turning over to their team right now? Okay. I'm going to teach you how my plan, this is how we do okay. it in our family. We start when they're in fifth or sixth grade, you can start when they're older, just as long as they're in your house and mm-hmm. you have some control over, you know, buying things for them. We start giving them one or two categories in the budget that are related to them to manage. Mm-hmm. When they're really little, like fifth or sixth, you can say, maybe you go out for ICs once a week, or you buy snack foods at the grocery store. And they always ask you to do that. Well, how about once a month, you say, here's your snack food money. You have to manage it for the month. Wow. And if you get to the end of the month and there's no stack food money, then that's it. You know, that's a good starting point. And then as they they start handling that, you can add more categories, you know, maybe in six months, add another category. You know, we do this every year. My kids get a promotion. They get more categories and a higher salary. Oh, wow. Um, I like and, that. And that right. way they so can that learn. That is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. They, they can learn baby steps. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about teaching financial literacy in our schools Mm -hmm. and the result from places that have done that is kind of mixed. One reason is because there's really no standards, you know, there's no, like a lot of other curriculum has standards. You will learn this in this grade, you know, but financial literacy is so Mm -hmm. new. There's real no standards. And sometimes they just throw some math problems in the curriculum. Like John went to the store and bought a ball that cost $4 and a candy bar that cost 85 cents. How much change does he get? You know, and they'll call it financial literacy curriculum, but to a kid, that is a math word problem. It doesn't change Mm -hmm. their life. Mm -hmm. It has no effect on them. Right. But if I've been teaching my kid for a while and they've, you know, gradually gained more categories and they have a more, more of a salary and I give them a set amount, say they're, say you go out to eat every week with your family. And so at the beginning of the month, they get, here's your restaurant money, right? Mm-hmm. They order their own food. They pay their own tip, you know, yeah. uh, that is going to be a bigger lesson. They will remember that lesson way more than they will the word problem that they had in math. Right. You know? That makes sense. I yeah. remember when, you know, my kids were little, I got five kids. So, you know, going out to eat sometimes it was like, everybody get water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I always felt guilty about that. Like it was, it was mom holding everybody back. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But I noticed once they started getting restaurant money and having to handle it themselves, they would be like, I'll have water, you know, (laughs) because they could see if I don't buy that now, I can choose something else that's more important to me later. Yeah. You know, they can see the trade-offs and it affects them. You know, some families do this with a clothing budget, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Right. But we're like, do it as many categories as you can, you know, don't do it all at once because that's Mm -hmm. overwhelming, but you know, there's so many things we spend on kids, school lunches, concessions, if they go, you know, if they're in a sport yeah. and they yeah. go out, um, birthday gifts for their friends, yeah, uh, Christmas gifts, makeup, haircuts, clothes, yeah. you know, by the time they graduate, they could be handling 10, 15 categories and they've been doing it month after month after month. So they get the practice of working a budget um, in a safe environment where if they have a question, they can come to you and say, hey, mom. How do yeah. I reconcile again? Right. And uh, Rachel, that's so important because then, like you said, you start that when they're in your household and you have some control over them or, you know, you, you can sort of monitor what's going on. And then they go to college and they at least have some experience with the budget and trying to manage different categories. Right. So, you yeah. know, I, I kind of compare it to learning to drive a car. You know, when, when we're, we teach our kids to drive a car. We start out in maybe the church parking lot, and then we go out to a quiet subdivision, and then we'll go to a road that's not so busy, and then we'll find a busier road, and then we'll go into town, yeah, and then we'll go out on the interstate, right? right. But for a lot of kids, they will get maybe maybe parents will do the saving, spending, giving envelopes, which is kind of like being in the parking lot. And then there's nothing until they send them off to college. So they're going like from the parking lot straight to the Atlanta freeway at rush hour at night in the rain. Yeah. (laughs) And they're, they're trying to learn how to cook and clean and handle money and handle a course load. They're trying to do it all at the same time, you know? Yeah. And it's just not a good, it's not a recipe for success. Right. (laughs) Right. Makes sense. Yeah. um, A white paper was done on studying financial literacy uh, and what has worked and what hasn't. And there's three factors that they found that have really, really helped uh, a program that mm-hmm. will determine whether it's effective. Number one is whether if it's relevant, is it relevant to the kid? You know, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to want to be talking about retirement, right? They're going <laughs> yeah. to they're yeah. wanting to know how, how do I buy my first car? You know, how do yeah. I, handle going to the movies with my friends how do I come up with the money for that so so is it relevant is it repetitive because a lot of these financial literacy courses it's just half a credit mm-hmm. they're not going to rem- you know you'll teach they teach them how to write a check one time right yeah yeah they're not so is it relevant is it repetitive and is it interactive and I feel like this has all three of those you know they're they're having to work the budget they're having to uh, practice every month you know they have to they're learning about reconciling. They're learning about sinking funds. You know, a lot of people, they get out on their own and they don't realize insurance, mm-hmm. you know, it comes, you know, it only comes once every six months, but I really should be putting money aside every month. Otherwise it's a big surprise. Right. So, so like my kids, that's kind of built in with, you know, like girls haircuts, my girls don't get their haircut every month, but when they do, it's expensive. Right. So they set aside a little bit. every month. It's kind of like, that big insurance payment, you know, mm-hmm. or Christmas, you know, it's, mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of things that we don't really learn that we should learn, you know, and we just have to kind of figure it out as adults, you know, like mm-hmm. I used to think 
when I make a budget, it needs to be the most perfect budget. And I only have, uh, I spend hours and hours crafting this perfect budget. And I think that this is my budget and I shouldn't change it. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's really something that changes every month. Right. Depending on what's going on in your life. What do you do if they make a mistake or, or a stupid money decision? Let them. <laughs> you let them. Um, you know, our mom hearts don't want our kids to struggle ever. Yeah. And, and we want to bail them out. Mm-hmm. But really mm-hmm. that that is more harmful to them. They have got to learn, you know, if they go out and blow their money on this cheap toy that you knew was not a good idea, mm-hmm. you can't just say, I told you so. I, you know, you, you just have to let them sit in that disappointment, right? Yeah, yeah. And experience that sometimes we make bad decisions. You know, if if they um blow all their money on fast food or something, and then their friends are all gonna go to a movie and they don't have any money left. You, you don't have to be mean about it. You can say, man, that really stinks. That's yeah, that's hard. Let, can you figure out a way to come up with some more, but don't hand them another 20. Right. 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 Cause that's not how life works. You know, no, I feel like, not. Yeah. you know, this, the saving, spending, giving start jars. I, I rag on them a lot, but I do those with my younger kids, but the problem with teaching kids that way is, is they think, Oh, so I like, maybe I save 10% and give 10% and I get to blow all the rest. And that is not how life works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't get to blow 80% of our income, right? That's right. That's right. Um, it's just not a realistic perspective on life. So, so I think it's good for them to realize money is finite. If I use it, there's yeah. not, yeah. mom is not going to come bail me out. And I, and I have to figure out how to make it work yeah. you know? and they can get creative, you know, yeah. and they'll start learning you know, you know, a lot of parents have these stressful fights with their kids about, I bought those clothes for you. You don't wear them. You know, I wasted my money. Let them be in charge of buying them. They'll start, they, they'll return them. They'll <laughs> yeah. return them if they're not going to wear right, them. Right, right, right. Right. Or yeah. they'll, you know, they'll be a lot more thoughtful about their purchases. I, you know, mom and dad still get veto power. You know, you can't yeah. wear stuff we don't agree with or you right. know, you think it's inappropriate. You still are the parent. Right. But let them have some control. They will love it. Mm, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, what's something that surprised you about teaching your teens this way? The, the, the thing that surprised me was the thing I just said, how much they would love the control. Like they, mm. you know, no kid wants to go up and say, I got to ask my mom. Mm-hmm. you know everybody's going out I gotta go ask my mom if I can have some money you know they like just to be able to whip out the wallet and pay for themselves you know mm-hmm. I remember as a kid like I would hear about something that was going on and I would just not go because I didn't want to have to go ask for money <laughs> right um so I didn't realize how much they would love to be able to be it's an it's a form of adulting you know it's like they get to be grown up and make big people decisions. Right. And, you know, we're not, they're not making decisions that are going to, you know, ruin the whole family. They're deciding, do I want a Coke or a water? Right. But (laughs) this is something we can give them. There's so much other stuff that is so stressful as, you know, as the parent child relationship, Right. this is something that we can give them an, an easy way to let them get some control Mm because, because they want, they're, they're, they're trying to become adults and they're wanting to become adults so bad. And they feel like mom and dad are like, 
you know, don't let them do anything. But, you know, my, my 19 year old said, I, mom, I really, really love the way you taught us. I'm going to do this with my kids, which to me is like, that's the best. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the best testimony. Yeah, (laughs) it is. is. It really is. 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 That's the best. Yeah. Um, So what do you think has been more important to you succeeding financially mindset or, or learning skills? Definitely mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when we were going through all that hard, hard, those five years that were really, really hard, I feel like knowing what I know now, we could have gotten ourselves out of that situation so much faster if we had had the right mindset. Mm-hmm. We just totally felt like losers. We didn't believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We didn't think we were capable of doing anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, Keith had been in IT, but he was so beat down that mm-hmm. he drove a taxi. Mm-hmm. almost that entire time. Mm-hmm. So we weren't making very much money. Um, and, you know, he just felt like I can't do anything. And we, he just gave up trying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and back then that this was 20 years ago, back then we didn't have podcasts. You right. know, we, didn't have, yeah. we didn't have the resources that people have now. Right. You know, if I had to do it again, I would, I would be playing podcasts all the time, just filling my mind with stuff that personal growth, you know, stuff, people telling me I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, back then all we had was Dave Ramsey's debt-free Friday. And, you know, we would listen to <laughs> yeah. that just yeah. because it would motivate us because yeah. we would hear other people are doing this, right? you know, because it feels like you're the only person in the world that has these problems, right? Mm-hmm. but you're really not. And no. there's other people out there who have done what you're doing and gotten out and succeeded, you know, and you mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. That's so true because we all know, like you, the um, stat you shared earlier about the average um, family not even being able to pull together $1,000 if an emergency if a car breaks down or somebody needs to go to the doctor. They can be trying and working, but it, you know it's just so difficult. And if you don't get your headspace right to around people that have done this and have succeeded, you begin to think, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. So yeah. uh, this is this discussion is very important. You know, if you think about it, the the complaint of most anybody in the United States, no matter what they make, is I don't make enough, mm-hmm. which is an interesting complaint because we all make different amounts. We live in different areas of the country where the cost of living is different. Yeah. We have different size houses. We have different amount of kids. We have different jobs. Why do we have the same complaint when we all have different incomes? It's because we never learned how to handle it. You know, if you were to get a job and um, you're getting paid so much and the boss were to come to you and said, sorry, we're having problems. I'm just going to have to cut everybody's pay 10%. You would figure out a way to live on that 10% less, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you just pretended I'm getting 10% less, let me do something to invest in myself. Right. You know, yeah. You know, the IRS learned this trick years and years and years ago, because when the IRS first started taxing people, the bill would come out at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And they found out that nobody had the money to pay the bill. So they started taking it out of your paycheck mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it will, you will pay it that right. way. Right. Right. So right. treat yourself better than the IRS, you know, mm. invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and there's cases where you are not, people are not making enough money, you know, Absolutely. I, and I, and I have, 
I'm not saying that everybody has so much, you know, disposable income, you should be able to pay off your debt. You should be able to do this. Some, some people, it is an income problem. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing to get out of that? That's what I would have to say. What find a way, you know, ask people to help you say, what can I do? How can I get into college? How can I learn a new skill that will improve my life? Don't just give up. Right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for for talking with us. It's been a a wealth of information, literally, and we appreciate that. But uh, we wanted to ask, do you have any any parting comments for our audience or something you want to share before we before we end today? There is a quote that I love. It's by T. Harv Ecker. And he says, what you hear, you forget what you see, you remember what you do, you understand. And I, and I feel like that's just the way we need to teach our kids. You know, they're not going to remember, you know, if we just lecture, that's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher going, wow, wow, wow. They're yeah. not, they're not going to internalize that. But if you not only tell them, but sit down with them and just show them how to do things, then they will, they will retain that lesson way better than anything else you could do. Wow. Wise words. Again, thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us here at um, Earrings Off. We certainly appreciate it. I uh, actually have a page set up for you guys. It is uh, rachelmurphycoaching.com slash earrings off. And I will have uh, free resources on there. If you're like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. I would like to do this. I'm going to have a spending tracker where I want you to just write down just don't even start this yet. Just start writing down what you spend on your kids so that I'll kind of give you an idea of what your budget would be for them. And just keep up with it. Do that for a couple of months and see how, you know, where, where could I turn this over to them? And then I've got a, um, the list of my top three favorite book finance books for teens that you can download and a link to our podcast and my book. So. Rachel, thank Very you nice. so much. We appreciate it. And we certainly are going to make sure we blast this resource and this information. So again, thank you. And um, thanks for being on Earrings Off and sharing your information. Take good care. Thank you for having me.